Amen. Well, welcome to church, guys. Go ahead and take your seats. How you guys doing? Doing good. Good morning, church online. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are doing well. Man, it's so good to be together in church, isn't it? So, so good. Well, hey, we are in week three of our This Is Us series. If you're in person, I'm so bummed out. I wore the same thing that I'm wearing in that picture. We got lots of different pictures online. And so let's just all acknowledge, bummer, man, should have wore something different. (laughs) I just noticed that earlier. Um, (laughs) So anyways, we're in week three of This Is Us. And man, if you missed the first couple weeks, encourage you to go back. We talked about a lot of vision about what is God doing in and among us as a church family. God's writing a story. We're talking about This Is Us, the TV show that Eric and I really like. Um, but we're talking about this is us as a church community and, and who are we and talking about story and how there's something so fun about story and how we can find ourselves in the midst of the story that God is writing. And so the last couple of weeks, we've really been emphasizing how God is writing a story in our life individually, how God is writing a story in us collectively as a church family. Today, this morning, we're going to take a step back and take, it the, take a look at the broader, bigger picture that God is writing, the story that he is writing, and our place in it. So let's just open up in a word of prayer one more time, and then we'll continue. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you, Lord, that you are an author, Lord, that you write stories, you write really good stories, and that we have a place in your story Lord, open up our eyes to see the purpose and the place that we have in the story that you are writing on earth. Lord, we love you so much. We trust you, Lord, for a word and season for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're taking a look at um, the, the global story that Jesus is writing. And don't you know that as believers, if we believe in the Bible, we know the beginning of the story and we know the end of the story. We know that from Revelations, the last book of the Bible, Revelations 22, the last chapter of the Bible, Jesus says this, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Go ahead and put that scripture up. I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So this is like one of the last verses in, in the Bible. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm coming back. He says it here, and then he says it again a couple verses later before the chapter ends. We know, we know the end of the story, Jesus returns. He came once, he's coming again. And he says, hey, I am the beginning, and I am the end. I'm the Alpha, the Omega. I am the first, and I am the last. Another scripture talks about how Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we're in, the, we're in the midst of a story God is writing, right? He's been writing for, for decades, for centuries, for thousands of years, this story, this love story that God is writing with his creation, us. And so, man, we are, if, if, if we're in the middle of the story of Jesus, there's been a lot of chapters, there's been a lot of stories up until this moment, right? But here we are in this moment, in this chapter that God is writing on earth. And there's significance in that. There's a scripture in um, Acts 17 that I just love. Acts 17 verse 26 talks about the significance of the time and the place that we're living. It says this, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has two things determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. 
is a great scripture when you're house hunting. Lord, I thank you that you, for real though, Eric and I confess this one every time that we buy a house, but, but it's true. God, there's a certain time that you have caused me to be born. There's a certain era that I am pre-appointed to live in. We can handle this. God knew ahead of time when we would be born. And there's a predetermined location, dwelling. He knew, the, the, he set the boundaries of our dwelling. So this place, this time, in America, in Michigan, in wherever you are, Livingston County or Oakland County or whatever it might be, God has pre-appointed us to be here at this moment in history, in this chapter that he's writing on earth, and in this location. We can trust God in that, right? Just want to encourage you, if he has pre-appointed it, then there is purpose in it. Amen? There's purpose in the, it's not by accident that we're just living now. It's not by accident that if you're a parent or a grandparent, it's not by accident that your kids are growing up in this moment in time. If, we, if we're here for a purpose, God's got a reason for us to be alive. And so we need to pay attention. God, you're writing this story on earth, this love story on earth, and here I am in this moment in time. What is my place? What is my role in your story? You know, if you... Um, look at the history of God's relationship with earth, and, and you look at what he's been doing over the times. Most theologians refer to this moment that we're living in as the, the church age, the moment in history between when Jesus came back the first time and when he's coming back the second time. We are an extension of the book of Acts. The book of Acts has not, the book of Acts is the book of the Acts of the church. Um, it, it hasn't finished yet. We're still writing it out, right? And so we are in that moment in history, and that moment started the moment that Jesus ascended to heaven. And right before he ascended, he gave us the Great Commission. I know many of us have had loved ones pass from this earth onto the next, and we cling to their last words, right? We cling to our last memory with them. We to the last things that, that, they, that they said, because there's just significance in that, right? These are that Jesus. This is the last moment with his disciples, the last words that he chose to say. And he says this, we see it in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So this is a great commission. This is the great commission. It's the great action step that Jesus commissioned us. Hey, I'm about to peace out of here, but this is what I need you to do. Recognize all authority has been given to me, and because of your relationship with me, you have access to it. Go, therefore, and make disciples. We talked about this week one. Go and be engaged in your faith. Go and pray for the people in your world. Go, when we've talked about serve at your church, you know, serve the mission of Jesus on earth. Go and share your faith. Talk about me with your friends and your family, your coworkers. You know, we have been predestined in this moment. And so that means the people around us, like if God called you to live in the place you're living right now, he knows who your neighbors are. If God has called you to work at a certain location right now, he knows who your coworkers are. 
your, your family, your friends. It's not by accident that you're rubbing shoulders with certain people in your life. And so he says, hey, you're there for a purpose. And if you're not praying for them, if you're not sharing your faith with them, and if you're not telling them that God loves them and God has purpose for them, then who is? And so recognizing this moment that Jesus is saying, hey, go and be engaged in your faith. Go and make disciples. It's the Great Commission. And so, um, you know, we've been sharing different statistics the whole series. And want to share this one with you guys. This one, go ahead and show this chart. This is a, a Barna study, a, a, a group that studies church statistics. And this is a question that was asked to churchgoers. Not necessarily people that say they believe in Jesus, but people who are engaged in and being a part of a church. And the question on the survey was, have you heard of the Great Commission? <laughs> 51% said no. Huh? What? No. And then 25 were like, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I heard about that. I can't remember what it's about, but I heard, I heard of that. And then the strong 17% said, oh, yeah, I got that. I got that. I'm doing that. So we've got some work to do. Jesus is like, yo, I made it simple for you. Go and make disciples. All right, so if you ever get this survey, what, what are you going to say? <laughs> yes, we know what to do. Let it not be said of people at Alive that we don't know what the Great Commission is. This is like, Jesus is like, this is what I said to do. Like, this is the main thing. These are my last words. Remember them. That we're not here just for us. We're not here to get a paycheck and build a house and leave a legacy financially. We're here to leave an eternal legacy. That when we leave, we're bringing people with us to heaven. Amen? Um, okay, you can take that graph away. Um, and so, man, I was fired up to, you know, share with you guys this morning, and we've been talking about this series and, and planning this week to talk about the bigger picture, and I love evangelism. I love talking about sharing our faith, and so I had every intention this morning to share about evangelism in a certain way. And then as I started preparing, the Lord dropped this phrase in my heart. And it, so this morning is going a little different than I intended, but I really feel like it's from the Lord. And he, he said, yeah, before you talk about evangelism, make sure that their love has not grown cold. Talk to them about their love not growing cold first. And I knew that was a reference to a scripture. I want to share the scripture with you guys in a minute. It's, it's uh, something that Jesus said when he walked on the face of the earth. And in Matthew 24, it's in the scripture where Jesus is talking about what is the last days going to look like. And here it is on the screen. Matthew 24, verse 10, kind of picks up in the middle of Jesus talking as he's sharing things to expect. Before this verse that we're about to read, he talks about, Hey, nation will rise against nation, with which the literal translation is race will rise against race. And it goes on to say that there will be pestilences, another way to say pandemics around the world. It goes on to say many things, including this. So then verse 10, it says, and then many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. There will be many false prophets who will rise up and deceive many. And because of law, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. We're going to get back to that love of many will grow cold in a minute. But, man, we're living in dark, disorienting, confusing times, right? 
I think when COVID hit, all of us were kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> I, I went to school for, you know, I went to primary school for 18 years, and I never had to do school online for the last three months of the year. Um, what's going on? We're locked down. We never heard of this before. And I think a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say, like, are we living in the end days? Like, this kind of seems like things that we read about in scripture, and I'm not up here to say yes or no. Um, but, you know, when Jesus lived, he said, hey, I'm coming quickly. <laughs> that was 2,000 years ago. So 2,000 years later, I think we can still say Jesus is coming quickly. We're closer than we were when he said it 2,000 years ago. And, and Jesus told us things to look for because he didn't want us to be scared. Like if you start seeing signs of the times, it shouldn't um, scare you. It should remind you, man, I know the author anyways. Jesus said it was going to get darker before the end. And we can, we can be assured, just like in the days of Noah and just like in times of struggle before with the Israelites, that even when chaos is going on in the world, God always protects and provides for people who put their faith and trust in him. And as the world gets darker, the church shines brighter. The church shines brightest in the darkness the fastest growing parts, you know, the parts of the world where the church is growing the fastest are the places where the persecution is the highest. So that's a whole other conversation. That, that's not in my notes, but um, I'm saying all this to be encouraged. So in the midst of all of this, <clears throat> Jesus is saying, hey, the world is going to get crazy and, and the love of money will grow cold. And you could infer based on the surrounding text that Jesus is talking about believers in this moment. He's saying believers who once loved the Lord, who once were all in, are going to start to get jaded. The Passion Translation actually specifically translates it that way and says those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. Not the people that were already cold. It was, it was the people that once were warm for the Lord have waxed cold, some translations say, or grow cold. Their passion has dried up. He's saying, hey, there's going to be a moment in time when the world is going to go nuts. People are going to be crazy. And even believers will ice up. You know, um, it goes on to say, you know, maybe pe people are going to take offense. People are going to, you know, what does that look like to have iced over? People are going to despise their neighbors. People are going to ice over. <clears throat> and you know, I read that, and I was preparing for that, and I was like, Lord, I feel that. If I could be honest, I see that. Because, man, we went into this a year ago thinking that this was going to be a two-week thing back to normal. And here we are over a year, and the world is still crazy and disorienting and dark and confusing, and it's easy to lose hope, right? It's easy to be jaded. It's easy to get angry and to lose hope, and in the midst of that, ice over. You know, it'd be so easy in our current world culture to just be like, I'm peace, like I'm just glossing over, right? It'd be so easy to be like, I'm quarantining for the next five years. I'm going to wake up when this is all done. I'm not going to engage with people. I'm not going to love people. Like, this is crazy, Right? It'd be so easy in this culture, in the climate of the world, to say, yo, I'm going to just love the people that look and think and believe and act like me. I'm just going to love the people that voted like me. I'm going to, 
if, if they don't believe like me, then I'm going to demonize the other perspective, right? It'd be so easy to get in that trap. And, you know, we're talking about sharing our faith with other people. You can't share your faith with people that you don't love. You can't share your faith with people that you don't have compassion on. When Jesus looked at the multitudes, his heart was filled with compassion. When your heart looks at people that don't believe or act or dress or think or look like you, is your heart filled with compassion? Because if it's not, then we're trending towards icing over. And you can't, you can't minister to someone that you don't love, right? Um, and so the scripture, make sure your love doesn't grow cold, um, reminded me of this other scripture in Hebrews, um, where the context is looking towards the coming of Christ and has some encouragement, some instructions of what to do. In Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, scripture says this, it says, let us hold fast to, to the confession of our hope. That's good. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Let's not lose hope. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order, say it with me, to stir up love. Stir up love and good works. Goes on to say, and hey, in this moment, stir up love and good works and don't forsake gathering together for worship like we are today as the manner of some, because in, as we get closer, it's going to be harder to do this, Right? But exhorting one another as so much and even that much more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. So this is in reference to, hey, when you start to see signs of the times, when the world starts to get nuts, the Holy Spirit inspired the author of Hebrews to say three things. Hey, when the world starts getting nuts and when you start to see that day approaching, stir up love, stir up good works, and hey, make sure you don't stop gathering with believers um, because it's going to be harder, right? So this morning, I just feel so impressed to exhort you, to encourage you, to encourage myself. Let's stir up love. Let it not be said of us here at Alive that, oh man, times got tough and they waxed over. They got cold. They got jaded. They started to have enemies. No, we love all. We stir up love. Say, God, I don't want to get iced over. I don't want to get jaded. So I'm going to stir up love. I'm going to start thinking of intentional ways that I can love. I'm going to stir up good works. I'm going to start thinking of intentional ways that I can show kindness and love to my neighbor. And I'm going to be intentional to get here, get online. But, man, when you can come back in person, I'm gonna, I need the community of believers to sharpen and strengthen my faith. And so over the years, we've encouraged you guys to do this in lots of different ways. And sometimes it, ha it helps to just have a, a practical something to be like, okay, how do I practically walk this out? And so over the years, we've passed out these little tickets that say something extra to show you God loves you. Um, and if you're in person, we want to pass these out um, as I talk. Um, Andy and Marlene, they got a stack. And as they pass them, grab one, grab however many you want. And we'll talk about them. But these little tickets, they, it says, something extra to show you God loves you. I always have them in my wallet or in your backpack or in your purse or in your car or whatever you got. And just it's, it's a reminder to always be thinking, how can I stir up love today? It's a reminder to always pray and be like, is there someone who needs um, kindness from the Lord today? 
It's just a really practical, tangible way for us to say, how can I stir up love? How can I stir up good works? And so encourage you guys, we're going to keep talking about, about this in a minute, but I want to get this in your guys' hand to say, God, who this week, if I'm, if, if I'm starting to feel jaded, if I'm starting to feel iced over, how can I stir up love? I'm going to have these in my back pocket. God, I'm going to be praying this week. Who just needs a touch from you, Lord? As I'm going through the Starbucks line or Big B line or Panera for lunch or driving through McDonald's or wherever you do your stuff. Lord, who would you have me bless with a coffee or who would you have me bless with the lunch? And when you pay for them at the no, drive through, tell the, the cashier, hey, I want to pay for these people's meal. And when you tell them that someone bought their lunch, would you give them this? Let them know that God loves them, God's thinking of them. Man, it's going to strengthen and sharpen our love, but man, it's going to bless people. As we lean into the Holy Spirit and trust him to lead us and guide us to love people, don't you know people need that? People need a touch from the Lord to say, oh my gosh, someone just bought my coffee and they did it because God prompted them to do it. How cool is that? And there's information about the church on the back. If, if they don't have a church home and they want to join us online or in person, find a place to get plugged in. But man, the, the world we live in is so crazy, right? Because all of us have been isolating and out of normal gathering rhythms for so long that even if it's like baking some cookies or some brownies for your neighbor that you haven't seen all year, or you're just starting to see because the weather's nice, and, and you bake some cookies and you drop it off and you put the little ticket on there and just say, hey, I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. I just want you to know God loves you and here's some cookies. Or I don't know, guys, maybe you let your neighbor borrow a wrench or a chainsaw or something, whatever men do, and give them a little ticket when you do it. Um, but man, there's something about um, the fact that this, what this isolation has done to breed hatred and to create this iced over thing. Because there's so many people that were such a big part of our life before the pandemic hit. And right when it hit, we were texting, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? I'm thinking about you, hope you're okay. This is crazy, isn't it? And then like, it just kept going. And so you guys used to be really good friends or you used to see them all the time when you were in this workout class together, or whatever it is, whatever community or friends you've lost touch with. And now, I know I've had it where I'm like, are we still friends? <laughs> Like, we haven't talked, we haven't seen each other in, like, a year, but are we still friends? Or even my kids, you know, I'm like, how so-and-so? And at school, they are isolated. They can only talk and hang out with their class, and so even our kids are navigating this. Like, are, are you still friends with so-and-so? Well, I think so, Mom. Like, we see each other in the hallway, but we haven't been able to talk because we're isolated. But, man, let's figure out how even in those situations, just to show kindness and love to people, restore relationships that are funky right now because it's like, I don't know how to operate. I don't know who's even my friend anymore. I want to encourage you guys in a couple scriptures and then we're going to close in a time of worship. Luke 10.27, scripture that we know is the great commandment, the commandment of love. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. This is our great commandment, our great commission to go and make disciples. Our great commandment is to love God and love people deeply. John 13, 35, by this, Jesus says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is our number one witness. How do people know that we are of God? Because we have love. God is love. And 
when his love is within us, it can't help but spill over. And it's a witness when people experience the love of God in their life. We're going to close out with um, a new rendition of the classic song, Amazing Grace. I mean, this is a moment. We just want to give you guys a moment to connect with the Lord. If you feel like, man, yeah, I could, I could see myself starting to get iced over. I could see myself starting to get jaded or hopeless or or start to demonize a certain people group. Man, I gotta love, I gotta love deep, I gotta love strong. I gotta be moved with compassion whenever I see anybody that might not be close to you, Lord. So as we sing, we're gonna sing this song. It's called Broker, what's it called? It's called Broken Vessels, Amazing Grace. The chorus or the main part says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And then the new part of the song says, oh God, I can see, I can see you now. I can see the love in your eyes. Just want you guys to just soak in the presence of the Lord this morning and allow yourself to receive the love that God has for you. When he looks at you, when he gazes at you, his eyes full of love. Not because of what we've done or what we haven't done, but because of who he is. He loves us so much. Just want you to soak in the love of God. The scripture goes on, or the song goes on to say, So take this heart, Lord. I'll be your vessel. The world to see your life, or you could sing your love in me. So if there's a if there's an area of your life that you're like, Lord, just forgive me. I want to be a vessel to carry your love, or Lord, who who do I need to restore relationship with? Or Lord, who do you want me to bless and love on this week? Let's just connect with the Lord during this moment. You guys are in person. Would you guys stand up? If you're joining online, just really connect to your heart and sing this song in an attitude of prayer. the mm-hmm. 
Down. 
rose three days later. And today I declare that he is my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Church, you guys may take your seats, but let's just celebrate. Would you guys celebrate? Thank the Lord for those of you online and in person who raised your hand. Seriously, the best decision that you could ever, ever make. Isn't God so good? Raising us from death to life. And man, encourage you, let's seek the Lord on, Lord, how can we stir up love? How can we stir up good works this week, this year, this month? And I'm Jason Zach. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.